you're listening to The Tech Box. Okay, welcome to episode 16 of The Tech Box. Uh, We've got a bit of a mixture of people dipping in and out on this episode, but we're going to start with Richard Yates. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, James. I hope you're well, and good morning, everybody. Yeah, I'm pretty well. Let's just do a quick check on the weather because it's actually pretty sunny and nice down here. Yeah, it's like same in the Midlands. It's in fact it's so it's so bright and sunny that I've had to actually pull the blind in the room I'm in because I couldn't see anything. So that makes a nice change. Let's hope it carries on. Although I think uh, it's pretty cold out there and uh, forecast to get a lot colder as well. So uh, I haven't actually stepped outside the door yet. So uh, to me, it's... it just looks like a warm spring morning. Ah, well, then you're in for a little surprise, because ah. when I was out there half an hour ago, it was 1.6 degrees. <laughs> nice. And it, nice. Feels, it feels cold as well. It's one of those uh, those mornings. But it's it's a nice fresh winter's morning. I mean, I think you can you can definitely uh, have a lot worse than that. It beats, beats the grey we've had so much of lately, doesn't it? It does. This yeah. is much better. My weather station tells me it's 2.3 out there now. Um, That's practically balmy. Yeah, yeah. It is almost acceptable, isn't it, really? So. I'm going to... Look forward to my run later. Yes. Right, so let's kick off then. So I think the first subject that we were going to cover is tariffs. And I think you've had uh, yeah. some things happen in your life there. Well, well, it's interesting. I, I, I have uh, two mobile contracts. One's with EE and the other is with Vodafone. And, and the various reasons for that. One is because I, I like to have a phone that doesn't get out there because... People ring me at all hours of the day and night, and, and so I tend to switch it off and ignore it. But that means you go on holiday, you've got you know, clients ringing you all the time and whatever. And, and I always say to them, if something's urgent, leave me a message uh, or send me an email and I'll, I'll reply to that. But what I don't really want is somebody ringing up with a, a question that's really important but actually would wait an hour or two for a, for a reply. So I, I have a, another phone, which is, you know, I don't give the number out. And the other phone's on Vodafone. And uh, I was looking at the tariff and I realised that it, it runs out on, on the beginning of March uh, and so 10 days ago I was looking online to see you know, what my options were and, and the package that I'm on at the moment is um, 20 gigabytes of data um, and included Spotify which I, I must admit when I first got Spotify I thought well, I don't know what I'm going to do with this and, and now I, I hardly ever listen to music any other way uh, and in fact it, it, it led me to buying, a, buying the smaller iPhone 10 rather than the larger one because I used to be absolutely tied to having the storage on the phone but but now I'm quite used to, to Spotify. Uh, and, and of course, most of the places I go are in the in the EU, so I can listen to Spotify the same in the EU as I can at home. It's great. Um, so I went on to, to Vodafone's website, and, and at the time there were loads of really good offers on, on EE and, and also on 3. Um, uh, and, and I looked also at, at O2 and, and thought, well, that's not very good. But actually, I was really disappointed by the Vodafone website. I was paying £20 a month for that package. Uh, no, tell like £23 a month for that package. And and I looked online, and the best that they could do was um, 20 gigabytes for £36, or for £20, 8 gigabytes and no Spotify. Well, if if you do do the sort of the comparison, that's a, a really massively worse deal than the one I was on. So I, I've been sort of thinking, well, I think, you know, I've had this Vodafone contract for a very long time, but it's now going to be time that, that Vodafone and I... Part company. Why do you have to move off it? Why can't uh, you just well, stay so, on it? Well, because they, I'd lose the Spotify, which is basically worth a tenner a month. Uh, so uh, they'd say it's like they've given you 12 months introductory offer and then that's run out. Yeah, I mean, literally, I had the text message yesterday or the day before saying your 12 months for, uh, of including Spotify is, um, is coming to an end in 30 days' time. And after that, we'll be charging you £9.99 a month for it. 
Um, mm-hmm. Worded almost exactly like that. In fact, I've got the phone phone in front of me. Your Spotify Premium subscription will be coming to end in 30 days. To keep using Spotify Premium, you don't need to do anything. Inertia selling. It will just cost £9.99 a month. Uh, if you want to cancel, go to this, this web address. So, you know, you, you then get to a point where the package becomes effectively worth £10 less. Um, and, and I was thinking, I don't really want to pay you know the same amount now for no Spotify and less than half the data. It's just not a very good, uh, not a very attractive prospect. So I thought, well, I'll look around the other networks. And and, and at the time, uh, EE had some really good deals. Uh, but I thought, well, I don't really want to have two lines on EE because, uh, you know, then you've got the same sort of roaming things. For example, um, the countries that Vodafone allows free roaming in mostly, of course, overlap um, EE because they're EU-based. But, but to illustrate the, the difference, uh, Turkey, uh, uh, for example, has a, a Vodafone subsidiary. So you get free roaming in Turkey on Vodafone and it's fully chargeable on both three and EE. That's really good getting yeah. Turkey because that's quite rare with these uh, packages. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, uh, you know, last autumn I went to um, Cyprus, and and one of the problems with Cyprus, of course, is that it's it's still got a military divide, and some of the places I'd quite like to go and see in in Cyprus are in the north. So I'd already been thinking, well, maybe we might have a week in northern Cyprus, um, which which in itself is a story because there are all sorts of issues about getting there and whatever. Um, but it, it, I know when we were driving around the mountains in, in, in the, the, the Greek part of Cyprus, the, the main part of Cyprus, call it how you'd like, um, every so often the, the phone would log on to a Turkish signal and start issuing horrendous warnings about, you know, eight pounds a megabyte for data and this sort of yeah, thing on, on yeah. EE, um, whereas the Vodafone one didn't. So I, I'd, I was already wise to this. So I thought, well, I would prefer to, to keep a Vodafone SIM, but I wasn't very happy about that. And I thought, well, I don't need to actually give notice until, um, uh, next month, let's see where we are then. Well, the the the, the offer, which wasn't very good at all, uh, ended on the thirty first of January. Um, it's been replaced by what I think are actually two really quite cracking offers. Um, twenty five pounds now buys you twenty five gigabytes of uh, roaming data, uh, including Spotify, uh, or thirty pounds buys you fifty gigabytes of roaming data, including Spotify. So I'm very glad I didn't renew it last month. But it, the, the the moral of the story really is, you know, keep your eye on the tariffs. And every yeah. so often there are some really cracking tariffs out there. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think I'll go for the 50 gigabytes. I've never used that amount of data. I, I can't conceive why I would because I don't, you know, I don't sit there spending hours on YouTube or, or if I do, I remember the days when data was so expensive that I definitely wait until I've got Wi-Fi. Um, but then my, my data usage has hugely gone up from, from using Spotify. I used to very rarely do more than a gigabyte a month, whereas now it's you know, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and on holiday, it tends to be more because I like all my photos backed up to Google Photos yeah. while I'm there. Um, but I reckon 25 quid for 25 gigabytes, uh, including Spotify, effectively it's got a net cost of 15 quid because if I was having the Spotify anyway, there's a tenner a month. Um, I think that's not a bad deal at all. Actually, I think you know, I might, might well might well go for that. I, there's a bit of me thinks, oh, we'll go for the comfort blanket of having the fifty gigabytes, but I just can't see that I'll ever actually use it. So, so I don't no. think I actually do that. As you say, it's kind of once you've got Spotify or an Apple Music or whatever streaming you've got going on, and you tend to listen to that every day on a commute, which is what I do, then it does bump your data up close yeah. to the ten gig mark. So having fifteen twenty is definitely, I think required now for for me anyway if i'm going to carry on using the phone the way that i do having a little bit of spare in there i think 20 is fine i think that's i think that's what my current tariff is so 
yeah, 20 should be fine. 25 quid, including Spotify. I mean, that's a pretty fantastic bargain, really. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that deal, yeah. Is the Spotify lasting the entire duration of the contract? Because that's sometimes a bit of a trap where... Which it, it does. It's 12 It does, months. okay. Try, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well... Your choice of entertainment, 12 months, you can have Now TV, Sky Sports, Mobile TV, or Spotify. Um, well, sorry, sorry, James, but it won't be Sky Sports, Mobile TV, um, uh, or indeed, or indeed, Now TV, both, both of which you know, are Sky things, aren't they? But no, I mean, I, I would actually actively miss Spotify. In fact, I think there's a bit of me would be very tempted to actually subscribe to it if there wasn't a deal like this. Um, yeah, but I think it just ticks all of the boxes, and, and I think, well, yeah, okay, that's that's great. I, I, I'm not actually going to re- renew it for about another two, three weeks, but then the deal ends on the third of April, so that'll be fine. Um, but I'll I'll ring up fairly close to the end of it because otherwise what will happen is I'll get twelve months free Spotify starting from the beginning of a month in which I've got free Spotify. Yeah, seems yeah. a bit pointless, doesn't it? Really, I think I might as well uh, might as well get the most out of the last one. I just put a diary note to uh, to ring up and renew it the day before or something, or maybe even the day after. But, um, so how do you find the Vodafone coverage? Because the thing that keeps me on <laughs> E is I'm just <laughs> saying to myself, right, you know put the cost aside to a degree and just go for EE because it tends to have the best coverage and I get a small amount of um, satisfaction just from knowing that I've got the best coverage, even though I definitely haven't got the best deal. Yeah, i I, I got to say, I don't think Vodafone's coverage is as good as EE's. I think that's actually a matter of fact. Um, I can best illustrate it by, by what happened to me on, on Friday after the, um, the, the the meeting I was in in London. Um I knew I was stopping overnight. I was stopping in, of all places, the Premier Inn in, on the Euston Road opposite the British Library. Lovely. And, and, and so you'd think to yourself, yeah, it's not bad. You'd think to yourself, this is actually a pretty reasonable location. You'd expect data would be quite good, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and uh, so I set up my, my Vodafone uh, as the modem for my uh, laptop. And, you know, basically the idea was I'd download some stuff, do some work and, and whatever, and, and, and meet some family in the evening. Um, and on Vodafone, yeah, absolutely stonking 4G signal. It, it really was, you know, completely right on the end of the scale, massively strong signal. Only real problem with it was, um, I was getting download speeds measured in kilobytes a second. Mm. So I thought, okay, well, this is a bit of a pain. I, I linked it up to my, uh, my EE phone. It was only a pain because that's the one that I make phone calls with. And of course, if you then get a phone call, your data connection drops, yeah. drops the duration of the call, 70 megabits a second. It was actually, I mean, it's actually better than any network I can get home. Here at home, I don't get more than about 40 on anything. Um, and, and lately, uh, which used to be great, is causing all sorts of problems. I get almost daily messages saying, there's an unknown problem and our engineers are trying to fix it. I can tell them what the unknown problem is. That the, building, and the, the, the problem is that the building on which their mast was for many years was demolished about two months ago. So yeah. <laughs> unless I actually send some engineers to look, they're not going to actually yeah. resolve this problem. Yeah. Um, but... Um, but no, so yeah, I, I think that that really is a, a major problem with Vodafone. When it's good, it's very, very good. Um, when it isn't good, well, I mean, I, I can't see any point having a having a, a a cell with such a shortfall in capacity, and and it ought to be eminently foreseeable that at the British Library it might actually want quite a lot of data usage. Yeah, you know, I mean, I could literally see it at the hotel room. I was that that close to it, um, and and that I do find more on Vodafone than on uh, on EE. Um, I think Vodafone probably does have have the second best coverage. Um, I've got pay-as-you-go sims on on the other two networks. Sometimes three is fabulous, but sometimes you get the same sort of thing. It shows you a signal, but no throughput. Yeah. Um, O2, hmm. I, O2 is, in my experience, is very patchy. Um, 
uh, where, I, where I live actually it's quite good but of course you don't necessarily need data coverage at home do you um, but equally I've been to places where there's there's nothing at all so I think I think actually all of our networks in the UK are pretty miserable by comparison with for example Italy where I, I, I go see my brother or uh, even Spain you know um, where the connectivity seems to be that much better yeah they um, could, could, could do with being a bit of a step up couldn't they well I, I, I mean we could we could get into radical models here but there's all, almost a bit of me thinks that we should take them the actual networks and the towers and everything off the phone companies um, produce a world-class integrated network and, and basically you, you buy your package on it but I think maybe that that ship is a bit like the kind of the open reach model but for mobile Sort of, except I wouldn't allow it to be in the hands of, of a private company. Well, yeah, maybe a private company, but it wouldn't be BT. I, I think. Have they not separated it off from BT? Well, now, that... I think it's. I think OpenReach is a really weird structure, hasn't it? But I think it's technically part of BT, and the profits feed into BT. But BT isn't allowed to have any sort of control over its decisions and whatever. It, it, it's not clear. I, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe in an ideal world you, you it's have too some close sort of, for comfort, isn't it? Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think you maybe have some sort of monopoly or something. I mean, I know, I know. In Italy, they, they have an, uh, an interesting rule, certainly in parts of the country. For example, the mountains. Um, the, the government has basically said to the networks, "You've got to produce 100% coverage in the mountains. You've got to allow national roaming." Um, and I know the government here toyed with the idea of national roaming yeah. for a while, didn't it? And, and, and somehow or another, they were persuaded not to. I, I think they should just be told, you know, if, if you've got a situation where there isn't adequate coverage, and that can be not just no signal, it can be no ability to use the signal, um, we're going to have to set this thing up so you allow national roaming at no, no extra cost, because the moment you start doing that, they sure as hell are going to put enough... Uh, enough well, wouldn't or, they enough just... Capacity. I don't think they need more towers. They just need more capacity on the towers they've got, I think. Yeah, I think you're right there. The one thing, I was having a conversation with a mobile uh, planner and they were saying that the law has changed recently such that they are no longer held by ransom by the landowners for putting their uh, aerials there. There's new legislation now that where they mm. can just say, we're putting an aerial there. We think that that's worth whatever it is, £100, £1,000, £10,000, etc. And the landowners can't then price them off the properties so that may lead to a, a better do. coverage what are you going to do if you're a farmer and somebody comes along and says we've decided we're going to put a mast in the middle of your field of corn or, or in the field yeah. that your cows are grazing i, I, I yeah. don't think, think it can be that simple surely I mean, uh, well no uh i think it was i think that they were saying that it is definitely going to help but as you said there must be some defense if, if someone just turns up to your house and says right we're going to put a mast exactly yeah. in the middle of your house yes. you, you can imagine all the sort of radiation scares oh, we're going to put a, a mast on top of your chimney or, or in your yeah. tree in your back garden you exactly know? yeah you, you can't see them getting away with that maybe it's to do with um you know giving them a power to restrict how much they have to pay for it yeah i think that's it yeah so i've got ee as my main sim and then i've got id mobile as my second sim which is uh, piggybacks on three, doesn't it? Is that it Carphone does, Warehouse, yeah. if I remember rightly? Yeah, I think it's Carphone Warehouse MVNO on three, and I think I pay £5 a month for this extra uh, SIM, and it gives me something like three gigs of data, I think, which wow. is enough as a kind of backup reserve SIM, if you like. That's, that's very good, isn't it? I, I, I had, um, when, I, when I rang it to take Sky Sports off my contract, they they basically said, well, we'll, we'll send you a, a Sky Mobile SIM and, and you can have uh, a gigabyte of data for £5 a month. Uh, and the contract basically doesn't 
doesn't actually activate unless I put the SIM in, in the phone and start using it. And, and there's a bit of me thinks, well, that's that's half what I was paying GIFGAF for uh, a, a gig a month, although I haven't looked at their current tariffs, I might well get around to that. But then then the next day on, on Hot UK Deals, there was somebody saying, you can have a gig on, on uh, Sky Mobile for £2.50 a month, and they, they posted a picture of their, their Sky account. Uh, and when I ran the map, they said, well, no, no, we don't do that. I said, well, fine, I'm not activating the SIM. <laughs> mm. So we'll see. I'll leave it a fortnight and see if they're, if they're then still quite so sure that they're not going to do me that deal. Yeah. Um, but actually, that's interesting. You're getting as much as that for a fiver. The, the, the gigabyte for a fiver is not as good, such a good deal as I thought maybe it was. I think it maybe it's maybe it's I should probably check. I think it maybe it's 1.5 gig, but it's rolled over so much that it's actually accumulated. But it's definitely more than one gig. Yeah, well, that's not bad. I mean, I mean that, that that's the thing, isn't it? The, the rollover does make a difference, and and I think Sky does that as well, from recollection. Yes, um, I think it rolls over for like three years. Yeah, because I I was thinking, well, um, you know, it gigabyte that I just let roll over for two or three months. Actually, then you've got a, a, an ideal, <coughs> excuse me, an ideal going away on holiday phone, haven't you? Yeah, as as you're in the UK, because yeah. you you effectively are saying, well. Um, you know, here's a number. I really haven't given this to anybody except my family. Nobody is going to get me on this. They'll just have to leave a message. Um, and I use a product called Hello Mail, which basically your your aunt's phone diverts to. Although having some problems with that at the moment, um, getting it to divert from from EE, uh, and it comes through uh, attached to a voicemail as an MP3 file, which is which is absolutely great because you yeah, it's you, nice. But it's 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 even greater because you, you can search on somebody's phone number, you can find out whether they did or didn't leave you a message because it sends you a, an email if if they rang you and didn't leave a message as well. Oh, which, okay, uh, yeah, which is quite good <laughs> um, because I've had it before now. People go, well, I rang, you didn't answer, and I'm going, well, yeah. you didn't you didn't ring, did you? Because I would have had a message. Well, no, not yeah. really. <laughs> you just think well, it's actually quite easy to uh, to do that. ID Mobile's headquarters is in Dublin. It belongs to Dixon's Carphone, so so I'm told by Google. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, so definitely Carphone Warehouse. The, yeah. the other one that I use. Um, so I mentioned earlier about going for a run. Well, I've got a SIM in my little Sony Z3 Compact, which I use for running because it's like waterproof and it's got good battery and small goes in my pocket. Hmm. Um, although the battery is aging slightly and eventually on that one but i've got a freedom pop sim in there yes which gives me 200 meg for free yeah yeah they're quite good aren't they although the thing i'm not so sure about with them i I, i've got one and and what i didn't like was it effectively it does that by um making everything go over voip doesn't it yeah. Uh, so it, it just seems to take so much control over your phone that, that if you then take the SIM out, it's uh, uh, well, maybe not on an iPhone, but certainly an Android phone. I, I found I was having to dis, um, uh, uninstall rather than the, the the app and go through various settings and resetting them all. And I, I, yes, I didn't really like the way it was taking the phone over. Now, if you've got that's, a running phone, yeah, yeah, I can see why that's a a definite plus, isn't it? I just need it to, you know, have the odd little bit of data for. You know, tracking, helping the GPS and bits and bobs, and me checking the news if I happen to be uh, walking or um, stuttering on my run. So yeah, it's useful. I think I think three do one for tablets as well, don't they? Yes, uh, a two hundred gig one. Two hundred. Sorry, make one. Make, make yeah. And uh, that presumably you could chuck that in a phone that you're not going to use for calls as well if you're just using it for like a running phone or something. I've never really known whether or not you could actually get away with having a data only sim and and doing all your calls over a, a VIP operator. I mean I, yeah. I, I, I actually have a, a VIP line from work which um, runs on my iPhone using an app and obviously it goes over, over whatever data I'm using at the time. It works extraordinarily well. I just don't know whether I've actually got the, uh, the bottle to say well I'm going to uh, 
take this sim and put it in a, in a data sim and put it in a phone. I, I have a feeling that, that three do do some sort of tracking as to where the sim is, don't they? They do. So they don't like you putting the phone sim in a tablet. But I'm not sure about the other way around. Mm. Well, try it. See what, anyway. Try it and see what happens. I mean. Mm. Nothing really to lose there, is there? I mean, it's, um, if it works, it'd be great. Oh, maybe I should, maybe I should just try that. Maybe I should um, get a data sim. In fact, I've got um, my my broadband. I got my broadband from Vodafone, and that came with uh, four gigs a month of of uh, data um, for sim only use. Okay. Um, so yeah, I could stick that in a phone and, and just try and get by with just the. Uh, the VoIP line, which actually, of course, yeah. ironically, in some ways, would, I mean, less so now, but once upon a time, that would have been very attractive, wouldn't it? Because it, it presents an 01 number. Um, so, so yeah, it is 01, yeah. Um, it presents an 01 number, so, of course, once upon a time, it would have been appreciably cheaper to call it as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I should try that. Give it a go, mm. see what happens. What will probably happen is that my data sim will stop working because Vodafone will take a dislike to it. But Maybe, yeah, maybe. Worth a go. Okay, so you're going to go with that uh, Vodafone deal that gives you the Spotify I, and the I, I, I 20 think, gig? Yeah, I think uh, it's 25 gig. I, th- I think so, but, but, but not for another three weeks because I might as well get the most out of the last deal. Um, and okay. I, I certainly went to that sort of need for data in, uh, in the next three weeks. Okay, um, so Apple Pay, how are we getting on? Apple Pay is going okay, actually. Um, the list of places I haven't been able to actually use it is still very small. Um, Asda, uh, you can use it in Asda, but they still have the £30 limit in place. Yeah, um, I was a bit disappointed. Astra had just built a new petrol station uh, opposite their store local to me, uh, and it's got you know pay at pump. It all looks fairly super whizzy and whatever, but it doesn't take Apple Pay uh, or contactless. And I guess that means they've still got the thirty pound limit in place. So as as to it works, but only under th- uh, up to thirty quid. Um, the only other place so far I've had a problem was John Lewis, where the terminal didn't do contactless at all. Well, it wasn't going to do Apple Pay then, was it? Um, but I mean, yesterday I was in a, a pub watching the, the rugby with my son and his wife, and they arrived from different directions at different times. And I, and I actually bought four drinks in a row separately using using Apple Pay. And I was thinking, I'm going to use this, but presently my card is going to get stopped because you know this is the fourth transaction for four pounds sixty in the last twenty five minutes or something. Um, but no, that went through okay, no problem with that. That's that's like the perfect use case, isn't it? You yeah. know, you want to get a purchase done very quickly without yeah. any fuss i mean if imagine if you're having to sign a bit of paper for each one of those pints well, that you're buying i simply wouldn't do it i don't use yeah. cash um, yeah i mean what, what uh, this has definitely made a, a sizable difference the amount of cash i'm actually using i mean i've got you know, banknotes in my wallet that have been there for a fortnight now because i just i literally haven't used it at yeah all. yeah and, and you do have to get into a certain mindset of uh yeah it's only a few quid i mean i i, I don't know whether you were the same but certainly using plastic cards i tend not to, to bother unless it's under sort of 10 10 quid something like that um, whereas you know, this way you're, you're literally trying to pay for everything with it. But but yeah, so so far, um, surprised the difference really in in eighteen months. You know, eighteen months ago, everywhere still had the thirty pound limit in place, and that tended to have the effect of stopping me using it a lot because you know I I, I work mostly from home or else at other people's premises. So yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not going for the coffee at, at one of the coffee chains. Um, you know, it's either it's either coming from the coffee machine downstairs or, or whatever the arrangements are when I'm when I'm on site somewhere. Um, so it's rare for me to actually do small transactions. You know, I tend to do you know, either larger transactions or, or else they're online or something like that. Um, but it's it's yeah, it's been it's been really interesting. I mean, once I once uh, I, I get past the the current sort of mad rush at work, I think I'm probably going to see if I can then try Android Pay for a while. 
But yeah, and, that'd and, be interesting. Android Pay, I, I, certainly, certainly, I, I see it being accepted in lots of places. I don't know whether the um, thirty pound limit is still in exactly, or not. yeah, um, because it's not it's it not validating you as strongly as it I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember. No, I mean, I think you actually have to. I think you you unlock the phone using some biometric thing, uh, and then you just put the phone on the terminal. You don't actually activate Android Pay. Uh, the terminal will tell it it's looking for a payment, and, and up it comes, and, and the verification is already done. Um, that's not so different, actually, from the way you do Apple Pay on the iPhone 10, where you, you have to open Apple Pay and have it yeah. face ID you, and then yeah, you put yeah. it on the terminal. It's perhaps a little bit different from the way you used to do Apple Pay, where you put the phone on the terminal uh, and yeah. actually put the finger put on the phone on the, yeah. Uh, yeah, while it was on the terminal. Um, I don't know. I... I, I, I I gotta say, I, I'm slightly less keen on the idea of Android Pay, and I don't really understand why. I think I think something down down inside says to me it's not as secure. Well, maybe, maybe it is, and I think I need to do a bit more, more digging around yeah. on that. Um, in fact, I'm sure I do because I can't I can't really imagine that Google would launch an insecure payment system. It just seems to me highly unlikely. Um, and 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 I think you only have to look at the recent um, figures that Apple put out to see how important this market is is to yeah. Apple and also Google. I mean, it's very interesting. If you look at the split of, of Apple's income, uh, the percentage uh, of uh, income from services, i.e. Apple Pay, uh, is increasing every quarter. Uh, and it's increasing really fast every quarter. And, and if you imagine the number of transactions that go through uh, contactless and, and the proportion that could be acquired by uh, Apple Pay, it, it actually could be... Ex- Extremely lucrative because you know what do we say that with forty eight percent they had in terms of sales wasn't it if I remember rightly just before Christmas Apple um, because everything from the SE to the the big Apple ten um, can do Apple Pay well mm. if you persuade people that actually Apple Pay is more secure than contactless and and, and I have to say I don't have any doubt about that at all yeah yeah. Um, you really have got quite a powerful marketing tool. Here's a reason to go out and spend 200 quid buying an iPhone SE or, or whatever. The, I mean, you can certainly get one for that price on, on some of that gift cap or whatever, can't you? Um, here is a, here's a reason to use it. It's more secure than um, contactless. Uh, you get a nice notification telling you what's going on when. Um, you've got pretty much control over, uh, over it anyway, and it's biometrically checking you. I think that's starting to be quite... Um, Quite a compelling thing, and and just go look at the numbers. The, the numbers are actually yeah. quite incredible. It, 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 I, I don't know how much Apple gets out of every transaction, and clearly it's not going to be a massive amount because it's uh, it's something facilitating the payment, isn't it? But, yeah. But it is getting something. If it if it, yeah. if, it get, if it gets two percent, you know, even two yeah. percent of every transaction done on Apple Pay, I don't know, two percent of the charge. It's not going to get two percent of the transaction, is it? But let let's say that the, the charge to the merchant is. Two and a half percent, and Apple gets two percent of that. Even even at that level, it, it's actually producing quite a lot of revenue. And yeah, uh, and, and I suspect it's probably getting more than two percent of the the charge from the from the uh, process. You mean that the the, uh, the percentage that someone like WorldPay or yeah some Visa company is yeah, going to charge? Yeah, let's say WorldPay charges the retailer two percent, two and a half percent, something like that. Yeah, and uh, if, if Apple get two percent of that charge, it's it's still quite a large yeah, amount. Yeah, nice. it? And, yeah. and it might be getting more than that. I think it probably would be getting more than that. You know? Yeah, because it can sell WorldPay on the idea of we're doing the verification, um, and if our system yeah. says it's verified, you're automatically yeah, going to get yeah. paid. Could do some um, uh, sharing of the risk there, couldn't they? They could take on some of the liability. They're, they're going to say, I think, if, if their technology is right, they're going to say there is no risk, aren't they? Because yeah. they're biometrically checking the, the payment. 
So, yeah, you're probably right. There's probably a much bigger charge than that because they can justify it. It's interesting that you mentioned, uh, it just came to my mind, actually, it's interesting that you mentioned you were looking at Apple's results because I saw a, you know, when you're sort of browsing the internet and you come across a, a story that you want to read and it's behind a paywall. Yeah. And there was something that I wanted to read on the Financial Times website and I can't actually even remember what the article was now. So I thought, okay, well, you know, I'm all for contributing to good journalism and quality journalism. Uh, so I thought, well, I'll pay the pound. That's the introductory rate to get me to read this um, article. So I signed up, paid my pound, read the article, didn't think anything of it. And then <laughs> I suddenly, you they know where this is going, 20, don't you? got charged 20 pounds the following month for your next month's subscription or something. Well, like it's slightly worse than that. So I really? got, I, yeah, so I saw the email come through saying, oh, we've charged you for uh, a financial time subscription. And I kind of nodded to myself and said, oh, okay, that's good, you know contributing uh, a few pounds to Financial <laughs> Times for their good cool. journalism. I really should get round to reading some more of their articles. I can see this one coming. And Go it was on. £47. What? For what period? A month. A month? And then I looked back and I'd been charged £47 for the last month as well. Oh, so it's gone. Because you nearly £100 being a good, a good man. Well, exactly. £1, £47, £47. So this raised my eyebrows slightly, <laughs> and I looked up how to cancel this, and you can't cancel through the website directly. You can't press a button to cancel. You've got to either phone them, or um, you can go on the web chat, which is some recompense, I suppose. Uh, so I went on the web chat and used several exclamation marks, um, and to their credit, they did at least cancel that second payment, um, but the first one stood. Because uh, essentially what must have happened is that they've rolled you, you you do the one pound and then they roll you onto what must be their top tier of access to market information and yeah. all the rest of it. Which so, some people would be worth it, but, but absolutely, it, it needs yeah. to be clear to you that that's what you're it, buying, doesn't it? Dearing it does me. really, doesn't it? So basically I almost ended up paying a hundred pounds for one article. For one article. <laughs> And did pay £50 for one article. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, was a rather nasty surprise this week. Was it a good article? As I said, I can't, I'll probably can't have remember. to go back and read it because it, it obviously should have been pretty good for that, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think actually it's interesting that, that you know, <clears throat> excuse me, now, now might be a good time to buy some Apple shares because, um, yeah, their market has, has taken something like 5 or 6% off their value. And, and, and as an Apple shareholder, I would go boo hiss, although it's not really a material amount. I, I got, got it more to be... A, to get the information in it, it's quite interesting. But um, it, it is quite interesting the way the market's reacted to these last figures. You know, we've we've sold fewer iPhones in this quarter than in the quarter, the corresponding quarter of the previous year. Yes. Now go away and look how many weeks there are in both quarters, and you'll discover that actually there are, are fewer uh, weeks in the current quarter than there were in the one last year. Right. And then, then you start dividing the number of iPhones sold by the number of weeks in, involved, and actually they're now selling more iPhones a week than they were at $100 uh, extra on average than they were the year before. And lo and behold, they've got the biggest corporate profit in history in the last quarter. And as a result, as a result, the shares go down five percent. You think the world has gone mad? Why didn't they word it like that? Then it seems like some, it seems very careless. I, that, I don't uh, think they're allowed Apple to word it like let, that. Okay. No, I, I think I think the dates are um, set out for them by the um, Stock Exchange Commission. Right. In the US. Okay. That's that's probably but, fair enough to be honest. But what happened? I think is that somebody came out. Oh my God! Apple is collapsing. Sort of headline, and everybody yeah. sort of jumped on the bandwagon yeah. without actually yeah. um, actually reading the details of it. But so yeah, it could be a good time to buy some shares in Apple. But but it, it 
you got to say that I think the whole market is overvalued in, in, in tech shares at the moment, so I don't know if it necessarily is. Well, we now have reached saturation, haven't we? I mean, you know, definitely in Western markets, we probably hit saturation a couple of years ago, but I think I've, we're pretty yeah. much at the point now where everyone does have a phone. You're not converting uh, dumb phone users into smartphone I, users I'm anymore. Not, I'm genuinely not convinced. Uh, and the reason I'm genuinely not convinced is if you look at... Um, the most comparable market to the UK uh, for phones, which is uh, Italy. Um, in Italy, the trend is towards more and more and more people having two phones, a work phone and a private phone. And and, and it's understandable. You know, I, I can I can speak from personal experience uh, and say, you know, I deal with people's tax. They find that quite worrying. I understand that. At the same time, I have had phone calls on Christmas morning. I did once have a phone call at half past three in the morning. Um, I've had phone calls throughout the weekend, and they're all things that, that whilst people are worried about them, and I understand that, I can only deal with them in business hours. Not not, not because I'm being um, miserable or grumpy, but that, that's the only time I can actually talk to HMRC, because they're not going to yeah. be available any other time. So, so to ring people on Christmas Day, uh, I mean, a client who's a dear friend of mine, really nice guy, and he, he just was panicking about something on Christmas morning. And I said, David, you do realize it's Christmas morning, and he, and he was going, "Oh goodness me, yes, have have a have a nice day," and hung up. But but the worst one was the three thirty in the morning. So yeah. so I, I, you know, I, I I think more and more people do have two phones. I mean, yeah, you, you, that that's only one use case for having two phones. You've got a different use case for having two phones. So yeah. I, I don't think the saturation necessarily is there. And and one of the yeah. things about having two iPhones is, of course, you know, you can set it or not uh, so that you get the calls from one phone on another yeah. or the text from one phone on another. Obviously, the way I'm using it, I don't necessarily want that. I actually want people not to be able to get hold of me on 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 a second phone. But yeah. I, I, I can I can definitely see a situation where, for a large part of the population, two phones make sense. Uh, and so, so I think there is some way to go on saturation. So I've got two phones, uh, one work phone and one personal phone, and I think that is for a slightly different reason because because I'm on call 24-7 really as an escalation point I can't really switch the work phone off unfortunately no. but the one thing that I will say is that uh, no employer is going to give you an iPhone X as a no, uh, no, no. company phone or very few of them are anyway but they so, might be an SE won't they they probably would do these days mm. to be honest in theory I'm still on a 5C yeah. For my work phone, which I've, uh, as I discussed last week, uh, relegated to my car, um, and I'm using, I am actually using an SE for work at the moment. So there you go. Yeah. So you know, it, uh, especially the price they are now. I mean, you know, if you're an employer and you go along to um, Apple or Samsung and say, "I want 200 phones. What can you do me for 200 pounds a phone?" Well, we we know from from what they're already being sold out in the market. You're likely to get 200 iPhones at 200 pounds each. Yeah. I'd have thought. Yeah, uh, they won't. The they'll go to the uh, operators, of course, rather than yeah, yeah, yes, the operators, yeah, or, or even maybe the wholesalers as, as well. But um, it, it, you, you're going to get that sort of price now. If you're if you're an employer and you're going to say, well, um, we periodically get the odd scare on Android. I, I personally think they're overblown unless people are silly. Um, but nonetheless, that scare does happen. There has, yeah. yet, there has yet to be one on iOS. Now, yeah, I think if you've got the money, you'd be crazy not to go with iOS, wouldn't you? Well, as a, as a, yeah, as, as an employer, why wouldn't you give your employees uh, an SE compared to, I don't know, what's a mid-range Samsung or a mid-range Like HTC? a Motorola or something like that? Yeah, I, I can't see a, a, a case where an employer's going to say, um, it's actually better for me to buy a, 
a mid-range HTC compared with um, buying an SE. And, and if you look at the spec of the SE, you'd guess even the current one, which has been out for a while, is still going to be getting updates in at least two and maybe three years' time, uh, in which case it's cost you 60 quid a year to provide your employee with an iPhone. Yeah. Well, to me, to me, that's a no-brainer. I mean, you know, my my old iPhones tend to get used by other members of the family. Um, I've just actually had one back. It's an iPhone 5. Um, and, 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 you know, it, it obviously won't go to iOS 11, but it still works. It still still did what, what um, my daughter wanted it to do until she decided herself she wanted an SE and, and, and got an SE. Well, great, you know. But, I mean, I can't even tell you how many years old an iPhone 5 is, but what, five years perhaps, something like that? Yeah, several, yeah. You know, well, in, in terms of longevity as a as a business phone, uh, I think that takes an awful lot of beating. Yeah, um, yeah. You're always going to find people who can do you a, a special app for for an iPhone. I think to be fair, you are for Android as well. Um, I think that that five is just come to the end of its useful pretty, life. Pretty much, yeah. As a yeah. work phone, because I was running the five C, which is the same internals. Yes. And then in the in the last sort of six months. I remember thinking, actually, this is, you know, this is getting a little bit uh, too slow now. You know, the problem is not necessarily with the phone and the operating system and the inbuilt apps, but it's the third party apps. So things like um, Slack and things like that, they just do not run well on low end hardware, unfortunately. And you've just got to blame the companies like Slack for that, really, because there's no excuse why a messaging app should have such a resource intensive uh, requirements. No, 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 at all. And when you think that that what we used to be able to do uh, with far, far reduced uh, hardware and software uh, requirements twenty years ago, I think a lot of that is lazy coding. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and yeah, sure, some of these things make things better, and, and, and that's undeniable. But but why some of these things need to be so big is beyond me. I mean. I remember, remember um, last. I mean, Apple has now stopped showing you the size of up, up, uh, up, updates, hasn't it? Which, which I find really quite frustrating. But I know, I know Facebook used to be sort of regularly chucking three and four hundred megabytes oh, yeah. of update. Well, yeah. I scarcely use Facebook, um, and I don't really want it on my phone. But that was that was the kind of the final straw because you know, well, what's it want it downloads a third of a gigabyte to an app. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just crazy. So yeah. So no, so I did away with that. But I, I think, yeah, you know, the the fact that you've got a, a product that lasts that long, um, and and has that sort of, um, you know, net cost over a period of time. I mean, yeah, yeah sure. Mo- most of us change our phones quite regularly. But if you, if you want to buy this year's iPhone, there's no need, no reason you need to change it. Probably for the next two or three years, unless it, unless the new one comes out with a feature that you think is better or, or, or whatever, there, there, there is no need. And, and no. I, I'm trying to think. I've just been doing it on my fingers. I, I think that iPhone five I've just had back is six years old. Well, how many how many Samsungs you're going to see from six years ago? Answer: Not very many. No, um, no, the odd one, but not many. Whereas that one could have been used in a in a business context until, like you say, probably the last year. Probably that. Probably it's, yeah. a, probably it's a year longer than its its natural shelf life. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a no-brainer. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Talking about phones and selling phones, uh, I did sell a few devices on eBay this week. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, think before before we go, we definitely need to hear about your your eBay sale, don't we? Yeah. So I was paring down the collection. And uh, getting rid of a few phones. And so the biggest one that I sold was the 7 Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got 475 for that. That's not bad. And I, I sold a Nexus 6P for 210 and a Samsung Tab S, the first generation Tab S, for mm. 180 
which I thought was perhaps pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, the, the, uh, trouble, the trouble is, of course, the, the fees, isn't it, on eBay? Well, this is with... The, I sold these with the deal that you occasionally get on eBay, and I got one this morning as well, actually, where they'll cap the fees at, like, a quid, three quid, um, and you only pay the PayPal fees. Yeah, well, that's so still pay something so that should work out pretty well yeah for those. it should do shouldn't it uh, I've got a few other bits and bobs waiting to be sold on there as well but it is uh, the one thing that I was going to say is just the amount of work that is needed to sell something on eBay is quite fantastic the, yeah. and I always underestimate it it takes so a while so actually getting the wording of the advert is, is probably the easiest thing actually photographing the phone adequately enough is really difficult Ideally, you should be hosting the images externally because they get compressed horribly on the eBay site, although I didn't bother taking that step with these ones. And then you've got to constantly be checking and be available because if you sell it, then the expectation is that you send it out pretty much next day. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I have got a newsagent's really near me that is a post office that opens till 10 p.m. every day. Oh, wow. But as I was saying earlier in the week, unfortunately, every time I've been there this week, it's been closed. So I'm hoping the whole place hasn't closed down and that the owner's just on holiday or something, because that was a godsend yeah, for absolutely. eBay, especially yeah. if I'm working oh, yeah. nine to five. I could just go there at nine or 10 p.m. and just drop something off, knowing that it's not going to be there next day, but it'll be there the day after if I do it special delivery. Yeah, I mean, I always send stuff like that, special delivery. And, and the other problem on eBay is, is what happened to Andy, isn't it, when you get somebody coming back ages yeah. later and sort of yeah. start start trying to create problems. Because it, it seems to me they always side with the purchaser, which I, I yeah. can understand that. But at the same time, if you're an honest seller, it's a bit, bit much, really. So it was a huge relief yesterday or today when I got the positive feedback back on the 7 Plus, because that's obviously the biggest amount of money, 475. So he's fed back and said, yeah, happy with the purchase. So yeah, that's good. News. That's good news. That so that one shouldn't come back to bite me. And uh, if the one of the other ones comes back to bite me, it's slightly less money that we're talking about. And that's really where I worry is selling a phone of any value, really. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that is the big issue, isn't it? And, and, and I mean, to be honest, I haven't sold anything on eBay in a very very long time. Uh, I had a one guy who. Yeah, in the end, he was all right, but he was a bit sort of funny about things. He was obviously trying it on, and and, yeah. and, I, and I was going, "Well, I've got photographs of this, and I know the IMEI. I can get yeah. it blocked. I can get it blocked yeah. if you want." Uh, and he backed down, but it, it, yeah, it, it, it just left. It. I just thought, I don't need this hassle. I'd rather no, it can be it can be a hassle. I've only really had one guy who was funny, uh, and it was a second hand PC case, hmm. and he was complaining about you know a lack of sc- a particular type of screw, which I think that there was plenty. And I ended up, ha- and then he was complaining about something else. And I ended up having to give him like fifty percent off in discounts just to sort of pay him up and you know keep him quiet, if you like. Yeah, and you just think then, well, you know, first, firstly, you sell something honestly, and and you get that sort of response, and secondly, you just kind of think, well, I don't, I can't really be bothered about this. I, 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 yeah. I must admit, I, at the moment, I've got too much lying around here that, that needs to go. Um, and I haven't got rid of it, and that's no doubt cost me something because it's probably gone down in value in the meantime. Um, but I don't think eBay is necessarily my main main course of action. I think. Uh, no. I think I might have a, a little sale on P- PSC in a week or so's time. And well, and PSC's definitely got a better quality of buyer. Yeah. But the price which stuff will go for is considerably lower. I think probably, that's right. Yeah. Probably even if you take into account the eBay fees, so it is kind of six of one and half dozen of the other you know which one do you want do you want 
less, probably slightly less money, but more assurance in the sale, go with PSE. Or if you want to risk getting slightly more money, but potentially having some problems down the road, go with eBay. Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. But um, anyway, well done on clearing the backlog. At least you've cleared the field for me now, so that's uh, that's good news. Um, I think at that point I'm going to have to say I need to go now, which, yeah. is, which is a shame because I was enjoying our chat. So <laughs> yes. we, we must do it again soon. And um, I, I think... Uh, We've got a nice little drop-in from uh, Andy, haven't we, as well? And, That's uh, right, yeah. Look, look forward to hearing that. Okay, well, thanks for that, Richard. We'll say goodbye now and we'll uh, hand over to Andy. Hello, Andy. Hi, everyone. It's Andy, and I'm back again to share a few more thoughts about the LG V30, which I've been using now for about two weeks, maybe three weeks. And I have to say that... When we get these phones in, when we buy them or get them on trial and we like them, it's very easy to kind of say, this is the best phone ever, or I absolutely love it. Um, I was a little bit like that when I had the Note 8. Now, I bought the Note in early September, not actually too long after it was released. And um, I really liked the Note 8 for many, many reasons. I had tried the V30 on a trial, but there was something about it that I wasn't quite sure about. Plus, I had the Note, which was such a fantastic device. It's, it was hard to really see the quality and the advantages to the, the V30 at the time. So I, I, didn't, I wouldn't say I dismissed it, but I was so happy with the Note 8, it was difficult for me to be really happy with a different device. So now I've had the, the V30 which is the only phone I've been using for the last uh, few weeks. And now that I have had that experience, I can safely say that I prefer the V30 over the Note 8. The, the V30 is one of those phones that comes along that after a little while of using it, you realize that everything else you've used just doesn't come up to that mark. Now, that's a lot to say about a phone from somebody that uses a lot of phones and has enjoyed a lot of phones over the years. But there's something about the V30 that I think taps into uh, something a little bit different than just the usual um, enjoyment of the spec sheet or looking at you know various features that it has. There's, there's almost an emotional attachment to it, which I know sounds strange, but sometimes we do get these phones in that kind of talk to us in a way that, that other phones don't. Going back to when I had the, the Nokia 808, that, that was a phone that I had a kind of weird emotional attachment to. And I still have it even after all these years because it's a phone that I just can't seem to not want to use now and again. The Nokia N9 is another one. Those phones, you kind of really love to use them and you love to have them. And the V30 falls into that category. It's a phone I, I love to pick up, I love to use, and I love to hold, and it's very, very hard for me to think of any negative points or disadvantages about the V30. So in general use, I haven't come across any oddities with the UI or opening apps or closing apps. I haven't had any hangs or freezes or crashes or reboots or anything like that that would really put me off. Um, 
Fair to say, though, I didn't have that with the Note 8 either, but LG have been known to have problems with things like reboots and, uh, you know, booting cycles and things like that, and a few glitches here and there in, in their software. So perhaps they got the iron out and really ironed out those creases with the V30 software because I haven't had anything that's uh, popped up that's made me think, yuck. Um, one of the things I think about the V30 which really kind of sings to me is the fact that it's just such a pleasure to hold. Now I know various reviews online have said it's almost too light, but for me, you know, I do a lot of you know, phone holding. Uh, who doesn't? But, uh, you know, I, I, have, I have an hour commute on the train in the morning and, and back at night again. And the, you know, the V30 is a phone that doesn't tire my hands out when I'm holding it for ages, either reading stuff on the web or reading a Kindle book. It's a real pleasure to hold. I've taken it out of its case because I just think it's a gorgeous de design um, I have the silver version, and it just looks really good. And I just felt like I was either covering it up in clear plastic or black plastic, and it was just taking something away from it that was just, you know, I want to kind of show it off a little bit. But what I would say is that, you know, when you take a phone out of a case and you kind of go naked, as they say, um, there is a risk of dropping it and causing some severe damage. So I would say... So far, I haven't had that fear because actually with that glass back, it's quite grippy. And because it's so light, unlike when I had the Note 8, and I would, I would think, you know, this thing is probably going to get dropped if it's not in a case because I need that extra grip because it's heavy. The lightweightness of the V30 is, you know, it's not really a problem. It's not really a worry for me. And I've had it without a case for just over... I'm going to say five days, it could be six, could be four, but it's been, you know, the best part of a week. And not once have I thought, oops, that was close, nearly dropped it. It's it's very slippery. I've not had that at all. So I'm going to keep it out of its case. And, you know, if it gains a few scratches here and there from being placed down on various surfaces, that's something I can, I can, I can live with. Um, now, one of the big things that has uh, come along for the V30, and for other phones as well, to be fair, but I'm using the V30, so this is this is how I've noticed it, is um, two APKs for the Google Camera app. And one APK is kind of like a standard lens camera app, uh, the, the Google Camera app, and another one, which has come along uh, from a developer, very talented developer because I wouldn't know how to do it um, for the wide angle camera lens because you know as you know the v30 has a standard lens and a wide angle lens so I have been using the Google camera app which is essentially the same app you would use if you had a pixel 2 or a pixel 2 XL and I've been using those camera apps on my v30 much more than the stock LG camera apps that come with the V30. In fact, I've even changed the uh, home screen camera icon to the Google camera app icon. And so when I launch the camera from the home screen, I'm using the Google camera app. 
Now, obviously, there are a couple of handy shortcuts with the V30. If you double-click the volume down button, you can launch the, the camera app. And, of course, that will launch the stock camera app. And that's okay, because uh, occasionally I've wanted to very quickly just snap a shot. Not an important shot, but, you know, something like a receipt or... Uh, you know, a sign on a, on the side of a lorry uh, for a phone number. And so, you know, that kind of thing is fine because the stock camera app on the LG V30 is absolutely fine. But the Google camera app on the V30 is really something else. It's something very special. The HDR plus feature of that uh, software really brings out some fantastic Color, coloring and lighting and just the right amounts of saturation here and there and, and ambience. So the photos I've been taking from my V30 using the Google camera app have been really, really very nice to look at. And I've managed to do some nice landscapes. I've, you know, Central Park or, you know, buildings in New York. I've managed to do close-ups of my cat and things like that. And every time I will take a picture using the Google camera app, because that's my default from the home screen. And then I'll say to myself, well, I wonder how the, the V30's own camera app would have managed with that shot, with that scene. Every time the, the V30's own software manages to produce a decent picture, but it's kind of darker. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just screaming to be edited in Snapseed or something like that. Now with the, the Google camera app. Sure, you can go to town on Snapseed if you want to, but really, um, it just says to me that, you know, I've listened to podcasts, I've heard people talking about it, and I've read stuff on Twitter, and it's almost uh, a regular point of reference to things like, well, you can't go wrong with the with the Pixel camera. You can't take a, a bad photo with a Pixel camera. I can just shoot anything and it just comes out great. That really is true. So with that in mind, I put that to the test with the newer wide angle version and it's the same. It it and not the same as the the V30 stock app, but the same in terms of a better quality. Um it even picks up better detail, which I think is interesting because um it's essentially using the same lens, but um if you were using stock app or google app it's you know it's the same lens but it i don't know how it does it because obviously it's using different software and that magic word algorithms and things like that but really um the difference is stunning so with that one could say well we have the the pixel 2 xl which is essentially kind of like the v30 in many ways except the v30 has wireless charging has a headphone socket with a quad DAC, uh, has a few other whistles and bells over and above the Pixel 2 XL. And the old argument used to be, aha, yes, but the Pixel has this amazing camera. And now the V30 has it. Now, I know it's not going to be exactly the same. And I will put my hand up and say, when using the Google camera app, there is a, a fair amount of lag. There is a fair amount of stutteriness going on. But knowing that I've shoved in this APK that's not supposed to be there really um I'm okay with that because you know it's like going back to the old days when you were fiddling around with you know old Nokia's and putting apps on there that really were you know not part of the stock uh feature set 
you expect a little bit of a little bit of this and a little bit of that when it comes to using those kinds of uh, extra kind of unauthorized apps. But uh, you know, again, my experience with the the stock camera app with the V30 was not completely stellar. I did have some weird lagginess going on with that too. So in fairness, you know, both both of the camera apps that I have now installed on on the V30, both the the wide angle and the standard lens and also the stock apps, they've all got a little bit of lagginess. So if you're going to use uh, a camera app on the V30 that's actually better than the stock app, expect a little bit of stutteriness, expect a little bit of lagginess, but boy, are you going to be blown away with the photos that come out from, our, you know, taking pictures with that app. So my kind of love for the V30 has just kind of doubled in the last week or so since using the Google camera app. And huge thanks to the uh, the developers that have managed to get this done. It's it's really It's really amazing that you can now have what is essentially the best camera app in the Android world on many different phones other than the Pixel, which is great because it allows people like me to really go to town with this V30. So another thing about the V30, which I think is a big thumbs up, which I've been keeping quite a close eye on, because it seems to be something that Android users, and to some extent iPhone users as well, like to kind of talk about, is battery life. And I have not had any problems with battery life with this V30. In fact, a couple of days... I thought to myself, let's just really push it. Let's just really try and kill the battery, get it down to, you know, a, a few percent, and let's see uh, how how long it will go for when I'm trying to do that. And, you know, I, I didn't charge it overnight one, one night. So I woke up in the morning and it was already on kind of 70-ish percent. Um, I listened to a few podcasts on the way to work. I had the screen on as much as I could during work time, took a few pictures um, listened to music all the way home, fiddled around with it at home on Twitter and Facebook and things like that, went to bed. Um, you know, maybe I didn't push it as much as I could have pushed it, but I was using it way more than I usually would use it on a, on a normal work day. And again, I was going to bed with the thing easily in the 20%, um, and using it for a little bit longer, maybe a drop down to 19 to 18%. So, I am, I've been very impressed with that. Uh, overnight, when it's just kind of sitting on the coffee table, um, not really doing anything, it's dropping down between 5 and 6 or 7% overnight, which I think is good, considering it's uh, still pulling in uh, 4G uh, connections and uh, obviously checking in via Wi-Fi as well with various uh, apps. So that's good. The the Note 8 seemed to have dropped down 40 to 50% overnight, which I think is just bonkers, but that maybe have been an errant app that uh, was difficult to identify. But no, I I can't say enough about the V30. Now, I, I also know that not everybody is having such a great experience. Um, I know that our friend Kevin, uh, is he had a, a V30 in which had that terrible wacky blue screen or it had different color color um different color tones at the top and at the bottom which is obviously no good to anybody um but i our good friend gavin he has a v30 he's been taking some amazing pictures that he's been putting up on facebook and instagram really stunning pictures he lives in a very beautiful area in england 
and uh, the pictures coming out from Gavin's feed are just phenomenal, all from the V30, and, uh, you know, again, he's using the Google camera app, so that really is proving to be something very special for not just the V30, but, you know, other cameras that are uh, in phones that are able to do that, but the V30 is the one that seems to be producing, you know, really lovely shots, and... Um, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't really fault the V30. In many ways, it has many kind of small features that I just find really useful. For instance, the always on display, you know, you can actually interact with the phone without unlocking it because the always on display has kind of like a, a rotating menu on it. So you can swipe through and you can use the flashlight or you can change the music. Um, so that's really handy. And, um, you know, little things like double tap to wake. It was nice to have double tap to wake on the Note 8, but the double tap to wake on the Note 8 only works when you double tap the little square for the home button. So you can't just double tap anywhere. Of course, with the LG, you can double tap anywhere. And that's just a, a simple, nice feature because it, it allows you not to have to think about where you're tapping your finger. So if the phone is face up on a desk or a table and you want to unlock it quickly or just, you know, check notifications... Despite the fingerprint scanner being on the back, you don't have to physically pick the phone up to, to unlock it. You can just double tap and maybe swipe and and you're in. And it's it's great not to have to, you know, physically manhandle the phone when you just want to check something really, really quickly. So that's a, that, that's a nice touch. Um, I know Gavin is uh, kind of an expert on the audio side of things. Um, I haven't really, you know, managed to get myself a pair of very high-end headphones to really test this quad DAC that's built into the V30. But I would say, using Bluetooth headphones with it, um, you know, the difference between using Bluetooth headphones with the V30 and using Bluetooth headphones with the, the Note 8 is like night and day. I was always having to, you know, with the Note, I was always trying to turn the volume up or wiggle the the headphones into my ears a little bit more to try and get a little bit more bass or a little bit more sound. Um, with the V30, it's it's a really rich, lovely sound. Now, I'm no audiophile, and I don't even know what I'm talking about, but I, all I can tell you is that listening to music is much more of an enjoyable experience on the V30, and I'm sure that that's down to the various, the various magical components that are inside uh, the V30 as opposed to the Note 8. So again, for me, that's another advantage to the V30. And, you know, when I really scratch my head and think about what is it about the V30 that I don't like, it's very hard to come up with something. And if I'm clutching at straws, I would say that the, the loudspeaker on the V30 isn't the best, but it certainly is fine for just listening to a quick YouTube video um, or, you know, using it to loud, using it as a loudspeaker on a, on a phone call. You know, it's not a terrible loudspeaker. It's not something I would say, you know, the V30 is great, but blimey, that loudspeaker is just terrible. It just isn't a phenomenal loudspeaker. It's fine and it does the job. And I'm one of those people that hardly ever uses the loudspeaker. So, you know... I'm not going to I'm not going to give it a pass and say it's great. It's it's a bit tinny and it's a bit weak, but it's certainly not a major a major kind of red cross on the list for me because, you know, like I said I don't really use it that much. Um 
it's just such a nice phone. It's it's like, you know, really beautifully made, beautifully crafted, just slips into my jeans pocket or it slips into the top pocket of my shirt if I'm at work. And, you know, the, the weight of it is, again, a huge advantage because it's so lightweight. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the weight of the, the Lumia 950 and uh, in, in some respects, the, the 950XL, even though that was larger. Because when, when the 950 came in, I, I did feel that and think, wow, this is a really lightweight phone. Um, and again, at the time, I didn't think that was a disadvantage. I know some people like to have a, a phone with a bit of heft. Um, but, you know, the 950 was that kind of phone where I thought, this is going to be nice to to hold on the train and, and read. Or, you know, when you're holding it for long periods of time, doing whatever you're doing. Um the V30 falls into that kind of thinking again with a nice, a nice feel in the hand, a nice weight. And, um, you know, not something I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I wish they'd put some kind of more weight in there to give it a little bit more heft and make it feel more premium as one of the reviewers mentioned. You know, for me, it's actually a benefit to have a lighter phone. Um, phones are getting bigger, so you don't really want them getting heavier, especially when, uh, you know, you're thinking about putting them in, in shorts pockets in the summer or, you know, like I say, a top pocket in a shirt. You don't want that thing weighing you down. And, the you know, the V30 is just perfect in that way. So I have rambled on quite a bit about the V30. So you're probably thinking to yourself, wow, he really loves this phone, but he's probably going to get rid of it in two weeks because that's what we do. Um when the next best thing comes along. But as I've said to people, sure, I'm excited about the Samsung S9, and sure, I'm excited about what the Nokia 9 may bring to the table. But either of those phones, or any other phone that comes along in the next couple of months, it's really going to have to tick a lot of boxes for me, because the V30 really does tick those boxes. Um, so sure, I'd be very excited to to get a Nokia 9 in, a real Nokia flagship. I haven't had one of those for years. But, you know, if it's missing a kind of interactive always-on-display, or if it's missing a headphone socket with a quad DAC, or if it's missing, you know, a nice kind of glass rounded back that includes wireless charging, I'm probably not going to jump and get one, because for me, we all have our lists. We all have our lists of things that we need, we all have our list of things that we're not bothered about. So my list is kind of ticked to perfection with the V30. So it's going to take something pretty outstanding to come along to make me think, ah, maybe I'll switch over and uh, and go the other way and get something else. So it's been a few weeks with the V30. I'm very happy with it. I recommend it to people that enjoy the things that I enjoy, like good photography on a, on a phone and all the nice little whistles and bells, the little features that make it something special. Um, so, yeah, and I'm sure that uh, people will end up getting one. And, you know, they, they may have a blue screen, they may not have a blue screen. I'm not sure what that issue is and, and how that's coming about. Um, you know, if I tilt my V30 to a weird angle, then the screen does change a kind of shade of white to maybe kind of like a grayish blue but it's not something i would have thought oh hang on this looks a bit, a bit weird i can't can't stand this it has to go back because i would never i would never look at my phone at that angle anyway so that to me is a non-issue 
if it was something that was like that when I was holding it and looking at it and tilting it ever so slightly, then that would be an issue. But really, uh, I don't know. It depends. Everyone's different. Everyone has their own tastes. And for me, that's that kind of weird discoloration as you completely angle it away from you doesn't affect me whatsoever. So, you know, each to their own, but I'm sure that if you ended up with one like Kev had, which was different colored, you know, screens from top to bottom, then obviously that's that's a bit of a lemon and you should send that one back. But uh, I think Gavin's very happy with his. I'm very happy with mine. So that's at least two people that, are, that have got decent ones. So anyway, that's my kind of slightly longer uh, view of the V30 after using it for a little while. And I hope that's managed to, you know, give you a little bit more information on that as opposed to just taking it out of the box and saying, wow, this is amazing, which seems to be what I had said last time. So anyway, I am now going to leave you into the, the capable hands of the, the other fine gents of the tech box and I will speak to you soon. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks, Andy. That's episode 16 of The Tech Box. Thank you for joining us, and it's goodbye from me, it's goodbye from Andy, and it's goodbye from Richard. Cheers, Richard. Cheers now. Bye.